Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for coming today because I'm really excited. I'm excited to be talking about this subject, The Inner Child Awaits. And there's some interesting things that you're going to find out today about The Inner Child and some surprising things that you probably didn't know. And (laughs) I'm excited about it. So let me just start with saying, hi, my name is Aisha Hogan. And I am the visionary and founder of iAwesome. And iAwesome is the International Academy of Universal Self-Mastery. So what I'd love to do right now is I'm going to introduce you to some of our iAwesome mentors. Um, Jules, if you'd like to take a moment and just introduce who you are, what you do um, when it comes to working with inner Hello, everyone. I'm excited to be on this platform. My name is Jules, and as Aisha said, I have a passion for working with kids, inner kids, uh, you know, all of our inner children, because as we've all discussed it before, Aisha and Trish, how powerful it is that we have a team of inner children within us once we've connected to them that continue to support and guide us. My great love is to help people to understand and listen to the language that their body is speaking to them. I do believe, because I've seen it, witnessed it over and over again, that as soon as we start to connect to our body and recognize that it's speaking to us, that it loves us and it's trying to support us, that the relationships that we develop from that point are so impactful on our everyday life, on our families, on our relationships and connections and how we are of service to this world. So my great passion is that. I'm a playful, uh, fun, enthusiastic character, and I just love to help people to explore what they're capable of and their own potential. So I'm looking forward to being here today with you ladies. Awesome. Thank you so much. You always do such great intros, such great intros. So before I get into how I work with inner children, I'd love to introduce Patricia Madalena, who is joining us from Wales. Hi, Aisha. Hi, Jules. Hi, Brenda. Hi, everybody. Um, Thank you for having me. I have been working with inner children um, for coming up to nearly 20 years now. Um, I think it's the missing piece. Uh, to a lot of various modalities that one could play with um, as they are going through that healing journey. Um, I absolutely think it's the, yeah, it's the, it's the one thing that I'll come back to time and time again. Um, so yeah, I just absolutely love it. We, we, we travel back through various timelines or forward through various timelines and reconnect with the parts of, of yourself that could be stuck um, in hiding, numbed out, in fear, frozen, treading water, depressed, scared, lonely or anxious. Um, We find the the little children, uh, because there's more than one, hey? There's more than one um, inner child. There's always a collective few that are hanging out, um, uh, kind of redoing the patterns of behavior that no longer serve you, that they're coping strategies that they used when they first um, dissociated uh, and became a fragment of themselves. Uh, So I've been doing that for the last 20 years. I absolutely love it. 
Awesome. Thank you, Patricia. And I've also been working with inner children, but a little differently. Um, obviously, working with the inner children that we're carrying around with us here, but also we have inner children with us from other lifetimes, alternate lifetimes. So they're also leaving their imprint on us in this lifetime, and we need to work with them as well. So what I love about the work that we do together, so in I Awesome, we actually have a a, a tribe that we call the inner child awaits where we work with the people, uh, the students that take part in that, um, as being part of the Academy, they take part in that. And every couple of weeks we sit down and we start doing some intense work with them and, um, and sharing our skills and, and, and how they can connect with their inner children. So it's been fascinating what's coming out and there's super groups. What an interactive group. I love it. Um, but the one thing that I think might be shocking some people right now is that we are talking about inner children. I mean, Jules has talked about it. Patricia has mentioned it. But I just want to drive that point home. Like there's really more than one inner child, but no one, I don't think a lot of people or even coaches or therapists or mentors actually talk about that. It's always your inner child. And we have children at every aspect of our lives there's always been a child and patricia you really explain this beautifully i'm gonna ask you to go a little bit deeper yeah sure so as we navigate life from the moment we're born or even before that in gestation we can take on imprints um from our from our parents um birth can be you know even a textbook birth can be quite traumatic and we can, as we navigate life, even through peak experiences, parts of ourself can fragment off, can disassociate off and remain stuck in that time. Um, and it can be a peak experience. It doesn't have to be a negative experience. It can also be a joyful experience, like a surprise birthday party or a roller coaster ride. You know, that saying, I jumped out of my skin. Um, sometimes parts of the self literally do jump out of the skin. Um, and we can have little parts that are you know, in the womb, they can be pre-verbal. So they can be like um, nine months old, two, eight, 14, 18, 23, 34. And they all have a part to play within the structure of the story that we're recreating over and over again. Um, and we get to a point in our life where we have to press the pause button and, and think, oh, this pattern of behavior keeps appearing in my life. What is it? Why do I keep doing this? What's going on? And so when when you, when you get to that point and you 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 you're attracted to someone like Aisha or Jules or myself to do that inner work, when we travel through those, I say timelines loosely because as we know, time doesn't really exist in that metaphysical landscape. Um, we can go back and we can find those parts that are um, that are responsible for the story that we're living out day to day. And when we find those parts, we might find four younger children. We might find just one. We might find eight of them. But they all play a part in creating the structure within which the story dwells. And when we find those inner children and we recognise them, we can reconnect with them, we... Um, we talk with them and sometimes, you know, it takes a little bit of encouragement. They're not going to give up their job of protecting you that easy necessarily. Um, a lot of the time they're just joyful at being recognised because they have been knocking your door for quite a few years to be seen and heard and recognised after all. So by the time you, you find them um, and, and have them all together, 
going into that um, uncomfortable place that they've been holding on to and, and releasing them from the inside out, releasing their gifts. So they've been protecting maybe happiness or fun or joy or connection or any of that juice, really bringing that soul energy back on board, reconnecting, maturing them up to the here and now releases the structure of that story that you've been playing out. And then it puts you in a place of creation because those little parts are no longer begging for attention. You've given them all that love that they never received at the time. You're bringing them on board. They've matured up to the here and now. So they're there at your age in this time zone. And so as you then roll out and start living life, you, those things that may have triggered you before, there's, there's nothing to trigger. So you are in a state of gracefulness. So what we're trying to do here is to let you know that there, the, as you work and as you recognize your inner child and as you start to work with your inner children, you will find that your complete energy transforms, triggers get released and you need to nurture that child. And it's interesting because you need to nurture that child as if you would nurture maybe even more a real physical child. I think that we don't realize that that child is that we're carrying it around and it needs nurturing. It's in many cases, it needs to be heard. It needs to be let, let that child know that what it says and what it's feeling is okay, that it's okay to be scared. It that, you know, their parents happiness never really, it wasn't their responsibility. Yeah, it needs to have the parent that it never had. It needs to experience the parenting that it never experienced, he or she never experienced. We need to be that parent that we never had to ourselves. And that includes that playfulness and that joy and that happiness and that nurture. Exactly that, Aisha. It's so awesome. So the interesting thing here also is that when your inner child wants to be heard, it will be. So I like, I mean, the, the best way sometimes to illustrate things is to, to talk about an experience, which I'll do in a minute. <laughs> what I was going to say is that, uh, bringing that fun to it. And I love what you said, Trish, about, uh, the kids just wanting to be parented by somebody who really cares and really bringing home the fact that you are the only person, you are the only person that they trust so deeply that they believe you when you start showing them care. So even if they're resistant at first to your presence being there, as soon as they catch your attention, they are very, uh, they can't possibly hold on forever against your love, if that makes any sense. It's that, that ability for them to recognize that if you love them, then they can't, they can't not allow that love. They can't not receive that. They can't not believe it for very long because your love is the love they've been looking for the entire time from their parents, from the situations, etc. So knowing that your attention on that child is the most powerful thing you can give them. So if you can hold space and be there with them, that is the most amazing thing you can do. And you don't even have to do more than just be there with them. Like Trish said, just being there and showing them love and attention and telling them you're just there is huge. Uh, the other thing that Trish mentioned that I got me excited as well was uh, the thought of back to the future. 
right? We've all watched, watched the movie or it's any time travel movie where somebody travels back in time. And the powerful part about traveling back in time in your own experience is that, like Trish said, it's continually playing the same pattern over and over and over again. We don't even know that this is playing in the background. But as soon as you bring your present self back to the past and you're present there with it, it becomes the present right now. And so as soon as that relationship with that inner child uh, becomes different, it's like you're pushing the record button. And now that's the new relationship that's going to play in the background. And so just like any time travel movie, when you shift forwards to the future, you've changed everything from that point on. So when you jump back into the future, lots of things will have changed. Sometimes five years, sometimes 65 years, depending on how long ago that inner child was recorded in that old way. So that opportunity to recognize this work that you do with your inner child can change things dramatically in your future, just like if you were Marty McFly traveling back in time. I love that. I love that. And it's, it's, I think what people, you know, we've been conditioned to think of time as linear, right? So it's this linear thing, you know, past, present, future, but all of it is now, like all of it is now. So when we go you know, back, which is not really back. It's just to a different version of now um, that's already happened or has it. I don't know. It's so weird, right? So while we're, while we're working with that inner child, like Patricia said, like Trisha said, it's almost like now that change in that child flows through to the issues of the triggers and the stuff that you're experiencing now. And all of a sudden you'll find that maybe that's not a trigger for you anymore. Or you have reclaimed a lost part of yourself. Or, you know, now you see things differently through a different lens because that what was has changed. So when we hear, you know, with people when they talk about past life or whatever, you know, don't change anything in the past. We hear it in movies all the time. You're not allowed to change history. Yeah, you can. Right? Yes, you can. You can change history. You can change what's happened because that's the beauty of time because there is no real true history. It is now. It's just in a different alternate place, right? So it's it's interesting. So it's like if I'm going to the convenience store, that's a different now. If I'm going to, you know, wherever, these are all different places that we go physically, but think about it that way. Just going to different nows. What's really interesting as well, like leading on from there, is um, how when you're doing this, when you're having this experience, is making deep transformational change at a cellular, at a spiritual level, but it's also making a change within the people that were there at the time, like within your parents, within your mum, you're making change within your great, great, great grandma, um, it, it's not just about you. It's also, um, it changes on a cellular, spiritual template level for the people around you as well. So one one um, little experience springs to mind. I was working with a woman whose mother was um, very disconnected and probably had postnatal depression, but never had that initial connection with her, her child and um, had... Um, never breastfed, went to the bottle, 
went to nannies and whatnot. Anyway, she came to me and we worked, we worked quite extensively bringing back the little babies that had been left, brought them back on board. And she went through this whole process of nourishing her little baby and the mum and taking the bottle away and putting mum with the baby and the baby breastfeeding and having this whole real experience, bringing that energy back on board. And then a couple of weeks later, she e emailed me. She'd gone and visited her mum and suddenly her mum's memory was not of bottle feeding her babies and having nannies and all of that. It was actually of her breastfeeding her. And she said it's really interesting because that actually didn't happen. Um, so it, it even changed her mum's. It brought about a deep connection with her mum that she'd never experienced before. So it makes a change not just for you personally. It makes a change collectively. And that's beautiful. I love that. Jules, did you want to add something? Yes, I love that story, Trish, and that whole idea of the collective shift. We often do think that it's individual, that we think like what we do and the transformational changes we make are limited to us. But when we look at the quantum reality of being a part of this unified field, as soon as each of us learns something, and especially with the intention to shift time and space when we're traveling through uh, time and space into inner child realm, uh, it does make a huge difference. And very similar to Trisha's story, I was working with a man one day and he was a, you know, uh, salt of the earth sort of guy, just amazing character, very connected to his emotions as well. And we worked through a lot of stuff that he had in relationship to his dad and his dad had not, uh, he had not had a relationship, or I think, don't think he had even seen his dad, even though he lived down the street uh, in the past year. And we worked through all of these things uh, on the table when we were working together in his body and with his inner child. And later that day, uh, he called me the next day and told me this happened. Uh, his dad came to his place you know, 80-year-old father came to his place and asked him if he could help him with anything. That never would have happened otherwise. The timing was exactly bang on. And it was, he couldn't think of anything else that had possibly shifted. But remembering that everybody who's connected, once you shift the way that you're relating to the pattern, everybody in relationship to that pattern shifts as well. And obviously all of the ripple effects from their shift onto all of the people in their realm it's endless absolutely and and even like if you're if you're aware of yourself if you're like even though i've done the work like a lot of inner child work you think you've done it and then all of a sudden you're doing something and your inner child shows up so for example you know me growing up you know in canada from a country called turkey right where you came from and with a name like aisha you can imagine that kids were not so friendly when i went to school so and you know my mom used to sew my dresses and stuff so i was that kid that was kind of bullied not kind of bullied very bullied so when i started i awesome which is an academy you know, this, this child, this Aisha version of myself that was smaller, she used to get beat up after school. She would hide in the, in the cubicles in the bathroom and not leave until everybody left and went home. There was things that I had gone through. So, you know, that was the past, you know, I thought I dealt with a lot of stuff and then I built I awesome. And here I was a school, you know, similar to a school and I was popular in school. 
So I'm loving this energy, but all of a sudden my inner child freaks out. Like she is freaking out and my whole body goes into almost paralysis. And it's it's like I've got um, a fever, but the chills and all of this stuff's happening and I'm locked in the fetal position on my couch. And luckily my phone was with me and I was able to phone a friend of mine and I'm like, I don't know what's happening. And all of a sudden my inner child shows up and she is flipping out because she's like, don't you remember what happened to us? And wanted to be, I had to deal with her right then and there. Like there was no waiting and because I couldn't get off the couch. So sometimes when things happen to us like that or that are so unexplainable, it could be our inner child saying, listen, I'm not waiting for you to come and find me. Like I'm freaking out, right? I'm really paying attention to that, right? Patricia, anything you want to add? Well, yeah, there's layers, you know, there's, it, but also it's quite a finite scenario. But when we, when we're up leveling, when we get to a place where we brought like the, the inner children on board, we, we, we reach a plateau so we can then just crack on with life. And then you get to a place like you got to, and it was like another little part that's in hiding, that's scared, that's, they surface, they show themselves and they show themselves in the only way they know how. They show themselves using the coping strategy that they put in play at the time. She froze you on the sofa, on the couch. You were in the fetal position. You were scared to move. You didn't want to show yourself. You, she was saying, no, you're going to get really hurt if you show yourself. I'm going to protect you and I'm going to do it so fiercely because I love you so much and I don't want you to go through that stuff again. I'm going to make sure that you can't leave your couch and make you frozen in like, you know, to keep you safe. So you don't carry on down this silly road where you're going to put yourself above the parapet and maybe shot down. So they're doing it in your in our favor. They're doing it to protect ourselves in the only way they know how, in a way a child used at the time, which is not necessarily beneficial for us as adults. So I now conclude like over the last 20 years that those negative behaviors, those negative patterns of being that we try our best to like overcome and through willpower and through coaching. And it's basically the little children inside of us banging on our door harder and harder and harder, trying to get our attention. But we've never been taught how to listen to our bodies, how to not just listen to our bodies, but then to how to respond and what to do about it because they're trying to desperately get our attention and create a pathway back home to us. And we've been taught to crack on, ignore the anxiety, ignore the stress, um, carry on regardless until we get to the point where they really knock us on our asses and we're forced to look and we're forced to listen. But how beautiful a world it would be if we were taught how to listen to our bodies and how to decode that and then how to, what are the tools that we can use to forge that pathway back home to ourselves and bring that little child who's desperately trying to keep you safe and release her from that responsibility and say, look, I'm here now. I'm the adult. You don't have to be, behave like that anymore. I've come to find you and I've found you and you're going to come with me. And I know you don't need to behave like that anymore or protect me in those ways because you, I've got you. And I love you and I've missed you massively. And together we can work this through. That's what we need to be teaching our children and the young adults and the adults in our world. How to talk so our, our bodies, how to talk so we can listen and how to listen so that we can talk to ourselves. Um, so, yeah, you know, they're crying out for our attention. We just we've never been taught to listen. That's so powerful, Trish. 
It, it's so, so true that we were not taught to listen. When you think of school, we're taught to uh, obey rules. We're taught to listen to superiors and people in roles of authority. But we've never let ourselves become that role of authority for ourselves. And therefore, we've never bridged that gap between recognizing that our body is a hugely intelligent community of loving, you know, cells or that it's looking after ourselves. And like you said, it's always trying to protect us. Everything we store in our bodies, in our memories, in that field, it's doing its best to adapt based what what that really brought up for me too, Patricia, is going to that next level, recognizing that that you are there for that inner child and also remembering this happened the other day when I was working with somebody. She took a role of, as her present self, as her grown-up adult self, she took a role of trying to do and be the parent for that child and give it what it needed when really it just wanted to be listened to because it had an important message for her. Her inner child wanted to show her something that she knew she could help her with. And so it becomes that same piece of parenting where parenting is not an authoritative guide the child and give them what they need. It's also uh, that teaching transformative experience of the child being the teacher and listening to what the teacher, what that child has to show us that maybe wasn't accessible before, or maybe that's why it's been tugging at you and trying to catch your attention because it knows that it has something that could help. It may remember how to play, or it may be holding the possibility for your imagination to become untethered. And we need to also remember that this is not a one-way experience. We're not just going back to protect or you know, tell that child it doesn't have to protect us, but also to uh, dig into the vast uh, wealth of resources that that child has available that we have you know, shut off. Exactly. They are looking after the juice, all that juice that we can't connect with. And they've got a whole, um, you know, point of view on on certain things that they've that they have learned over our lifetime. Um, And it's yeah, they hold valuable information. So rather, you know, when people say lean into the fear a little bit more rather than, you know, our, our kind of animal instinct is to run from that kind of stuff and and dissociate off a little bit more or to numb out or to watch crap telly or to drink or to self-medicate in some other way rather than feeling our pain we've been taught not to lean into that that is the very that's where the gifts lie they hold all of those gifts they hold the gifts of creativity the gifts of being able to voice your own opinion of 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 love of happiness and they hold it so close inside of themselves for all of those years you know whether you start this work at 70 or you're starting the work at 20 they've been looking after these this really important energy this really important gifts for you all this time and they and actually they want to make sure that you you've reached 
a place in your life that you're ready for it. And invariably you are ready for it because, you know, people tend to come to me probably like you find as well. They've tried everything else and they're still um, um, behaving in and, and attracting the same kind of people, the same kind of opportunities and the same kind of behavior that no longer serves them. And they've spent loads of money and they've tried loads of different things and they come they come to me when they're that they're ripe it reminds me of like an apple just you know when you just touch an apple from a tree and it just drops they're ripe they're ready for this and so the the little children inside they're like yeah here you go here's that gift here's what I've been looking after all these years you're ready now so yeah it's not a one-way street at all Jules you've hit the hit the nail on the head there um it's a two-way street and invariably yeah, you know, they've got a lot of information that they give. Invariably, it's them with all of that information coming back to you. And you're kind of sitting there going, wow, wow. You know, conscious mind's out the window at this point, And you're like, you know, I couldn't have made that up if I tried. This is it's experiential, isn't it? We can talk about this to the cows come home, but it's an experience. It's an experiential thing when we meet our younger selves and reconnect on those levels. For and sure. it's not only just meeting your younger self. I know with me, sometimes I, I, I feel the need to take, you know, my clients in to meet the inner children of their parents. And, you know, noticing how their grandparents were towards them. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, at first when they hear that, they're like, how am I going to connect to my parents' grandparent, but, or, or to my parents' inner child? But you can. And it's about almost not seeing through their eyes, but almost watching what's happened. And it allows you also to understand them because your parents, if they're dysfunctional or if you, if they haven't been, you know, what you might classify the good parent or, you know, whatever title you put on them, they were kids too. And, and they have inner children and you don't, you weren't there when they were that age and you don't know how they processed information and what they're still carrying around, especially our parents' time. They never would have thought to do this work, right? They would have, they, they're still carrying around their, their nursery of inner children, you know? So it's really about being able to connect to that too, or it, now it gives you some understanding of perhaps why certain things have happened or how, um, you know, how they do what they do or why they do it, because they don't know any other way to be. And, and they are dealing with their inner children without knowing that they have these inner children. And if I was to mention that to my mother, she'd look at me like I was crazy. Right. Yes. So it's also understanding that, that, you know, it's just, it's not just about us. It's about other people's inner children as well. They have them too. Absolutely. And it, and it helps create, resolution for them or in the template in the kind of collective consciousness it helps resolution for them it's so beautiful when you do go down the ancestral line and you see that they call it epigenetics you know in science um but you see that inherited um dogma that goes down from generation to generation i worked with a woman who um was 
was she'd she'd never had she was very confused by it she'd never actually had any sexual abuse happen to her not that she remembered that's why she came to me she wanted to remember but she had like the 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 emotional imprint of that she was carrying it um and it had infected and affected her her life um quite dramatically but as we trailed back it wasn't from her lifetime at all it was her grandma after the war and she was literally in um like the corner of the room witnessing this horrific incident that had gone on and she'd went down and she reclaimed her grandma and brought her grandma through all the way back through to the here and now and gave her what she needed and what she what she loved and brought the other parts of her so the the grandma had fragmented off so there were little parts of her um, her in in parts of that room um as well kind of jumped out of her body brought all of her home and brought her back on board um and that you know that that healed so her grandma in terms of epigenetics and and passing down that that fear and that imprint was to keep her safe that was how the end end happened she was she was um seeing that all of that kept her safe kept her although it restricted her massively and put a load of anxiety and fear she could see through that and could see why grandma had sent down through the lines this imprint to keep the females of her family safe for generations to come but of course it it wasn't needed now um but she could have that opportunity to really thank grandma for that and say but i'm safe in my world i'm 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 okay in my world and that they could let that inherited blueprint go that was pretty awesome wow super awesome <laughs> wow for real yes wow <laughs> well and that uh that gratitude and connection even if you didn't meet your mother or grandmother or your great 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 grandmother just knowing that that connection is available and i like the way you used it aisha there's a nursery of inner children and some of those inner children are your inner children some are intergenerational and there's no rule as to them possibly being future generational nursery of children and knowing that that's accessible just that just that stretch of saying oh that's possible that is huge you just telling that story trish makes people recognize that oh my gosh like my grandparents like they were in the war or oh i've heard some tragedy stories about coming over on the ship and like the past that we hold and that we are containers for is endless and it doesn't have to even just be genetically connected because we're all connected within this field like the the potential of being able to like to hold on to old war uh you know that we weren't even involved in that our ancestors weren't even involved in except that they're all our ancestors right or this planet because we're a part of this planet and i like how it just kind of led to that connection to everything that we can connect to everything because it's all part of our past and a part of our future uh and that's you know that brings a even more profound impact to it absolutely absolutely this this work is you know as as patricia says is probably the most powerful work 
And it's so, you know, you'll have a client come in and they'll be like, oh, we're going to work with your inner child. Oh, I've already done that work. I'm already done. That. Really? Are you? <laughs> I don't think you are. Hmm. You know, so because someone told them, oh, your inner child work is done. <laughs> That's okay. the most ridiculous thing I've heard. I, I would never, ever say that. I'm continuously and couldn't imagine anybody ever being done with their inner child work. <laughs> and it's amazing how it shows up. You know, how it shows up and maybe we'll, we've got some time now. So I'm just going to ask you, um, Patricia, if you remember at our last session, and I really would love to hear your um, two cents on, or two cents, it's more like, you know, $20 worth of information here on, you know, that feral child that I saw during the last session that was of no inner child that I even recognized as myself in this life. And but she was animalistic. She was crazed. She was, she was feral. There was no other way to talk about her. She was growling and how she showed up. And yet I remember us sort of briefly talking about her at the end of the last session that we did in I awesome. And it was about, you know, I felt that she was from a different lifeline, like from an alternate lifeline. Cause I couldn't bring her through to this life. You know, the guide was like, no, 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 that's her life. Yet I have not been able to shake her. Yeah, so I would suggest, knowing what I know, when you go into the back doors of the metaphysical landscape, we have guardians and guards because, um, and we put those in play. So the, I can remember it now. So the, um, the guide that was saying, no, you can't take her. She's from this, from this life. If yeah. you and I were having an actual session, it's like the guard is saying access denied. Right. Okay, so the guard's saying access denied. So there's other things that we need to have in place for the guard to let go of his or her responsibility in order to let that part of your, you return home. So even when we're working across quantum worlds and across quantum timelines, or even though we know time doesn't really exist in this in this concept, in this construct, um, all parts of yourself can come home to you um, and because she's shown herself, I would say 100% she is part of you and can come home to you. You just need to satisfy the guide and that part in some way. So you, we would probably then track back to um, and some other parts that need to be um, uh, that need to be satisfied first and bring them on board in order for the guide to relinquish responsibility of keeping that um, feral part safe. And ultimately we have put all of these guides in place. Right. We, that we've put, we've given them their jobs over whatever time, whatever lifetime it was or wherever that was, whatever quantum world it was, we, you put that guide in its place and categorically under no circumstances you've got to keep that child safe but over the years over the eons over the timelines that child's become feral her hair's matted she's growling she's really quite upset you know she's she really needs but re regardless of all of that there's so much that would say to me there's so much white pure energy life force that she's looking after and protecting that under no circumstance I keep getting um thrown off but that would be a whole session 
I imagine, that would unfurl from that, that we need other parts on board to satisfy the guide in order to let her go. Right. Yeah. You know, that's what I started to think because at the first I thought it was, oh, I just can't take her from another life. But then when she just kept showing up. Ah, well, there's your key. Yeah. There's your, there's your key. There's your clue. And it's very challenging to do this work on our own. You know, after 20 years, you know, I can only take my inner children so far, especially when you're encountering something like that with an access denied scenario. Take someone outside of the system to start playing with the system. It's a bit like Tetris. You know, you have to have all the building blocks in its right order for it for it to be released, for, for trust to build, for, for, for that pathway to actually you know be built so um it is very challenging to do this work on your own without that observer guide you know which we all play that part don't we really well um to happen yeah i think in the last week all i've received from her is a name i know her name is annabelle she's named herself so that's about as far as i've been able to get with her except to visit with her She's not yeah. growling at me so much anymore. But it, other than that, it's really I haven't been able to get much further with her. And I can, you know, I'm maybe because, like you say, you know, I need to bring someone in to help me with that. Jules. Yes, that that importance of having somebody there to help facilitate. And it's not that that other person is is doing it for you, obviously. But just like anything, somebody holding space so that we can actually be present there. It, there's there's such magic to somebody saying, you know, there's no judgment or expectations. We're just going to listen with compassion and curiosity. And here we are. And so as a facilitator, as we all facilitate uh, for people who are working on their inner child, it is most important that that space is being held so that it's like you're holding up a mirror And the mirror, instead of being squished against the person's face so close they can't even see it separate from them, you're holding a mirror up that's far enough away that they can see themselves differently, that this inner child has the opportunity to connect. So obviously when it comes to Trisha's approach and my approach, uh, similar but a little bit different because we all do it a little bit differently. So in that situation that you were talking about, Aisha, where that inner child has come up, and that guide or that guard says, nope, can't access her. Uh, that, at that point, uh, what I do, and obviously because I specialize in cranial sacral therapy, I do that hands-on approach where I would say, okay, there's the guard and we want to fully acknowledge that it said no, that there's a full stop there. But there'll be a full stop there for a reason. So can we just tune into that inner guard that, that which is saying no, and just bring your full attention to them. Like, how do, how do they want to be acknowledged? Because if they're showing up, they're a part of it, just like Trish said. And uh, just notice, notice how we notice them. And maybe they have a name as well, or they want to be identified uh, as somebody or something. Uh, it could just be a, a ball of fur that wants to be called Harry, right? There's, there's no rules. Uh, but if we can... Uh, recognize that not just the inner child, but any resistance that comes up also has its own consciousness, also is accessible. And at that point, I find uh, from my approach that if you can 
also tune into how that feels in your body and notice where it's holding in your body because we are just a, a hologram of what's happening then that helps it to target a little bit more so even saying okay you feel that at your chest I'm going to put one hand on your chest or can you put one hand on your chest and I'm going to put one hand above your head and one hand underneath your sacrum and it doesn't have to be in real you know they don't have to be here it could be completely remote but just that knowing that that physical space of where this is being held is also being supported then that adds to the entire experience of knowing they're being supported and opens up that next realm of listening and being present and that potential of just being physically held as well as being uh, emotionally held and supported in that space um anything you can do just like just like you know in any other therapeutic experience if you can draw on as many senses as possible smells tastes sounds um tactile a texture then you are really inviting somebody into the experience in an entirely different way because all parts of them are then able to explore the sensory environment and be present and therefore uh fully vibrate or resonate with that new presence and so being able to speak to that guard and being able to activate the the wisdom in that is uh is super powerful remembering that whether it's a whether it's an inner child whether it's a guard whether it's a you know ferocious dragon or even even a wall that just keeps coming up you can talk to everything because if it's shown up it's wanting your attention and equally it could be part of you as well you know it's it doesn't yeah just because it it's looks all part like of a you. wall yeah yeah just because it looks like a wall doesn't mean it's not your energy and so sometimes well more often than not you find that 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 reconnection happens not just with the little girl or the little boy but also happens with the wall and the guard and the what not yeah it's really interesting isn't it yes because it's all us it's there everything that's showing up is a part of us showing up absolutely absolutely i love this i love like you know usually it's me telling people all this stuff and it's so nice to sort of sit back and listen to somebody else <laughs> saying it because you know there's always those tidbits of wisdoms and gems where you go oh yeah that's right you know and and connecting to that because i've been try i have been attempting to gently um connect with her and um i keep getting a little bit of pushback but i do feel like you said patricia that if if and when i can connect with her i feel like she's got something huge to give to offer i think there's i feel like there's going to be this huge treasure chest of yumminess um in there but yeah it's been interesting because i've worked with inner children before and it's never really hung on like this like she's just kind of there all the time i feel like she's like this icon that's just above my head that's just always with me now clearly something that i should that i need to 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 bring to the next level and it's possible that she's hanging out with you because she needs to know she can trust you and it's just the time that's necessary for her to actually you know be aware that she can trust you or that she you know builds this rapport to get to know you right absolutely and then integration happens in so many different ways for so many different people 
Um, you know, it can happen through your dreams. It can happen spontaneously while you're stood in a queue at the supermarket. <laughs> you know, if these, if these younger selves want to, want to, that, you know, they need some other things fulfilling, they will hang out and they will, you know, keep tugging at you. Um, and then divine timing happens when they're fully satisfied. It's beautiful. Yes. So awesome. It's fascinating. Even though we all do it all the time, it's still just as fascinating. I'm sure you'd all agree. <laughs> yes. So if oh, it you blows all... me away. Every single session. I mean, this is my day job. I do this every single day um, <laughs> with, mo with multiple people. And after every single session, I am just in awe. I mean, it's clearly very agree. Right? Do you ever like finish a session, session, and you were so in absorbed in it, and, it we, and you're there, and then the session is over, and you're like, "Did that just really happen?" Like it's so surreal sometimes, where you're just like, "Wow, that happened." Even though it happens, <laughs> it's still just as fascinating. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's amazing. Anyways, thank you so much, ladies, for your time this morning, for sharing um, all of your delicious knowledge around inner children. And, you know, I love that we're doing this work together in our group, The Inner Child Awaits in IAWESOME. So for those people who are listening and want to dive deeper into their inner child and want to get a little bit more of me and Jules and Patricia, then do... Uh, join us in iAwesome, iAwesome, iAUSM.com, and um, come on into our tribe. No, oh, you're all more than welcome. Yes, and uh, these classes that we've been doing have been so phenomenal because doing inner child work on your own is amazing. Doing inner child work with others and noticing what's coming up for them and sharing just adds. Yeah, it just amplifies it to the next level. Right, because yeah, they're all holding space for each other, and it's it's yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah, there's shared benefits. So even when we find that we're working on one person, everyone gets to share in those benefits of that release, of that energetic shift. It's beautiful. It's like immediately um, you can, because we're part of the collective, immediately we feel those shifts, even though we might have been working on someone in Florida and you're sat in Canada or in Wales in the UK, you know, we feel it as if we're sat in the same room. It's absolutely awesome. Yes, mm. it is. Thank yes. you so much, ladies. And anyone who's listening to this, thank you for taking the time to listen and consider your inner children. And uh, we'll be back again next week. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye. 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 <laughs>